This is the Friday Night Word Show on Galide FM. Talking Family Life Matters. You're listening to the Friday Night Word Show with Tommy on Galide FM. Hello there friends and welcome to the Friday Night Watch Show on the Golide FM podcast. The name is Tamsang Ogachuma and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this podcast, a podcast where we talk about family and societal issues that affect us in our own spaces of life. Well, this podcast comes to you from the city of Pretoria, which is the capital city of South Africa. Well, this week I invited a friend of mine, Ntavi Senghwedi, and we talk, We spoke under the topic that says, Young Single Black African Female. Young Single Black African Female. You know, I think for me, it is important. It's high time we understood what young women go through in society, more so within the African context. And the moment we understand what they're going through, maybe it might change how we engage and how we interact them. So I invited Ntabi and we said, Ntabi, let's hear your experiences. And I quite enjoyed my uh, conversation with her. I learned one or two things that have grown up my mind. And I hope that you will also learn one or two things that will help you grow in your own personal space. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Hi, Ntabi, and uh, welcome to the Gwanide FM podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Butami. I am well, and yourself? Ah, I can't complain. Uh, well, Ntabi, before we begin the conversation, you've got a YouTube channel. Can you just tell us a little bit about that YouTube channel? Yes, I do have a YouTube channel. Very excited about it. It's uh, fairly new. Uh-huh. So on the platform YouTube, um, the kind of so on the YouTube channel, the purpose uh, why I started the channel is basically to cover different topics, really, um, to uh, cover topics such as relationship topics and um, uh, different subjects such as uh, mental health issues mm-hmm. um, and interview young entrepreneurs because I'm really passionate about that uh, success stories that is because I find that there are a lot of people that are doing great things out there, but um, they not really recognized or they never given the opportunity to tell their stories from mm-hmm. how they their suffering, you know, before yeah. they got to success. So I, I feel like, um, yeah, that's what I want to do because when you, you know, when you hear someone's story and hear the struggles and you kind of like relate, it kind of mm-hmm. just seems to also push on whatever, uh, passion that you have that, you know what, if this person has done it, so can I. So that is the purpose. So just to cover other fun things such as game challenges, food challenges, and mm-hmm. book reviews. Okay, so what, what's the name of your channel then? It's Ntabi K. Oh, Ntabi K. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I've, I've, I've watched a few videos. I, I just like the videos. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can go to YouTube and actually... Um, watch some videos on the Ntabi K channel. So Ntabi, 
you've spoken about telling stories about other people's experiences. And so today we want to talk about the experiences of being a single young African, or let me say black African woman. Is there any pressure yeah. about on, on, on being a single young woman in the modern day South Africa? Well, um, I think being single uh, in this uh, modern day time, I think it's absolutely amazing. I'll speak for myself right now. Right. Uh, it's amazing and I am enjoying every part of it. Mm-hmm. But to answer the pressure part, of course, there is a lot of pressure. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So there is a lot of pressure, which doesn't necessarily come from you at mm-hmm. times right you might be at your corner and just enjoying your own thing you know but uh pressure coming from other spaces such as you know how society has its own plan for you the yeah. day you are born mm-hmm. <laughs> the day you are born <laughs> okay so okay so maybe let's just reverse it back and we'll come back to this yeah. pressures because we're going to talk about these things so tell me Growing up, what kind of principles did your parents give you? The principles that you still cherish today and some of the principles that you look back at, you were like, you were against them, but you look back and now you look at them and you say, those principles were good. Maybe just share one or two principles that you can still recall. Hmm, what a what an interesting uh, question. Um, the principles that I've learned so much from my parents, but just to name maybe three of them, I would say... Uh, one that really stands out is helping, helping mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my parents, not even them telling me, but from my observation, how they would actually help people and uh, how they, when they help people, it goes as far as family because it's very easy to help a family member. Right. They help people that are strangers. And I think I also learned a lot from them because they, they always encourage that when you help somebody, it shouldn't be to your convenience. You mm-hmm. should be able to stretch yourself and feel that you were inconvenienced. For example, if a person is asking for a lift, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes we need to give that lift if the person is going your direction. Ne? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if if the true essence of helping somebody is if it's when the person is going west and you are going east, but yeah. you are able stretch yourself for that uh, mm-hmm. course. Um, so that is one just to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and then the other one is uh, respect and integrity. Yeah. That really, yeah, respect, integrity, and love. They conducted themselves um, mm-hmm. as I was up. I've really, really taken a lot from that, from them. Powerful, powerful. Well, I, I, I will... You know, let me just make a mental note. I'll come to the helping part because there's something that I observed in in one of the conversations that I once had with you in the past. You know, in my previous podcast, I I, I spoke to parents about raising the girl child. And now I'm talking Mm. to to a a grown woman. And I'm saying, Mm -hmm. when you went through high school and primary school, what challenges did you face as a female? Let me put it that way. What what challenges are unique to the girl child uh, that are not experienced by the boy child or whatever general challenges did you face in, in that space? 
You know, um, I always hear people's stories on the challenges that they face, and I feel like, yo, hunting now, where was I? Honestly, because my challenges um, yeah. were somewhat different. They were not, um, yeah, it was, let me just, yeah, shoot straight to the kind of challenges, like in high, in high mm-hmm. school specific. Yeah. It was more on um, natural hair. Right. Really, that is a challenge. We shouldn't actually look at it in a very under a light manner because that is somebody's identity. That is right. identity. Mm-hmm. So, the time when I was in high school, there were not a lot of girls with natural hair. The Afro, mm-hmm. so right. it was one of the few. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe so, in a grade where you could. Mm-hmm. You know what? When you talk about this subject, I remember just uh, a few years ago we had an issue here. It was at Pretoria Girls High where, you know, a ah, young girl came yeah. in with, with her own natural hair and it caused quite I a lot of havoc. It. And you talk about identity. So I, I think mm. the young the young girl faces a lot of identity challenges there. Mm-hmm. And you'll remember mm-hmm. the current Miss South Africa, she went into yes. Miss World with her natural hair. Yes, yes. And, and so you it. now talk of along the same lines. Yeah, it's 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 really something that has been an issue over the years because yeah. when I went to just to elaborate more, give you more context. Yeah. Basically, I would afro and I would mm. get detention for my hair. Oh, do not. I oh, would get word. detention for my hair because it was considered to be outrageous hairstyle. Mm. So I. I really struggle with that a bit because I didn't understand. Like, this is my hair. I didn't know what to do because um, you know how our hair grows. It goes yeah. upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so Curly, I didn't have yeah. the silky hair. Yeah. Yeah. So I struggle with the part that, look, my hair grows like this and is no different to maybe a Nicole. Just to give an example, a Nicole who has long hair, but her hair grows long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thing in English, it yeah. is it, no different to a girl whose hair is silky and uh, is obviously different texture and it doesn't grow upwards. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand the, that whole um, concept or, of natural hair getting somebody detention, you know. Mm. So that been the mm. issue that I would struggle with uh, mm. in high school. So so it seems to me that you, you already uh, were dealing with a lot of racial issues because it also has got racial connotations behind it. So, you know, I think if you're listening to this one outside South Africa, racism is quite a huge thing here in South Africa. Mm. Yeah. And you know, when you, somehow <laughs> you don't look at it like that. You just yeah. look at it as the angry teacher who yeah. doesn't... Uh, understand me you know yeah, yeah but it's actually yeah yeah but anyway let's go to tertiary now when you went to tertiary was there a huge uh change in your life was there uh more challenges than you had experienced in your high school years yeah. um when i went to tertiary it was very different for me i uh, in the sense that yeah i went girls school so Sure. It was very uh, different setup. It was sort of like only now I was seeing the reality of life. Yeah. You know, going to a girls school, you don't really experience like, a, it's not like a person who has went to a covert school. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't know how 
with boys. You don't know how to respond sitting next to a boy. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very, so, yeah, so, it was very so, odd. It was odd. So did you experience this, um, the cat whistles as you walked down the, you know, uh, down the road? Did you experience, um, you know, approaches, a guy hitting on you in an appropriate manner? Did you experience all those things as you went through your uh, your tertiary schooling? Did you, did you get to a point where you felt unsafe at one point in time because of the behavior of male students? Definitely. Oh, most definitely, you know, but you somehow, it, it's so sad because it, it has become, it was a norm. You know what I mean? If a guy wills or says something that is very um, sexual, yeah. um, I say it's normal because it's not. For lack of a better word, yeah. I'm saying in those times, it was something that you just dismiss because it was sort of like, you know what, this is what they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and remember, me saying this, I also acknowledge that I, I never put guys under the same umbrella. You get mm. really, really guys who didn't act in that manner. And you also get those guys that are, are, are bad. I'll, put, I'll just say it as that bad. Mm. That yeah. you girls um, as and like objects. objects. Yeah. Exactly. So, mm. yeah, definitely I have experienced such cases. But then how did you, it make you feel if you could just turn back the hands of time? How did it make you feel to be in that kind of space, you know, where you are not respected as a woman? It was very, it, it made me feel really, really uncomfortable. It made me feel, I remember I would actually at times take out my phone and pretend that I was talking to someone. All right. Just so. I, I get out of that space and get to my room because remember with me, I'm coming from a girl's school and now this is all new to me. I don't know. So with somebody, I'm not saying it'll be even easier for anyone. It was just whether you're coming from a girl's school or not, I believe mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. So it made it more uncomfortable, I believe for me because I, it was something totally new for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, then, so, yeah, just... Without dwelling much on it, Ntabi, do you think as a society, we've actually allowed ourselves, especially as men, to behave in a particular way and we think it's normal? We get away with the statement that says, this is how men behave. It's how boys behave. And yet in the same vein, it actually affects our sisters in society. Do you think we, we could have actually done better? I believe, yeah, lot could have been done and still today I think it's never too late I think it all starts with the parent you know what I mean it -hmm. starts at home with how uh, you teach your child to respond to girls to behave around girls if you have uh, a daughter and a son how does your son act with the sister you know what I mean it's like little values that you teach at home because that very same person is the person uh, who goes out to varsity. And when you teach those things at home, they will know how to respond. They will know how to treat a woman. So, yeah, it all starts with a parent at home. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I also want to rewind back and go back to your, uh, you know, your religious side growing up. You, I know that you, 
you definitely love God. I've, I've, I've experienced, you know, I've experienced talking about God with you. I've experienced, you know, mm. your religious side of life. When were you first influenced in, in the sense of, you know, going to church and worshiping? When was it, when do you first recall your first experiences? <laughs> oh, wow. I don't recall my first experience. I really don't because <laughs> really don't day with Tami Aki Hopoli because mm. I grew up in a setup where my parents, ever since I've known them, they yeah. believed in God. They are Christians uh, slash churchgoers, not just churchgoers. They also live um, yeah. that lifestyle. So I don't remember the very first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that you just remember from your childhood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just remember from my childhood. Uh, mm. So how, how would you mm. say your journey has been with God, you know, from being, you know, because we always assume that, you know, in society, there's this assumption that women don't generally know God. They don't have a relationship with God. It's men who who are leaders in the spiritual realm. It's men who know best about God. How has your journey been as a young woman? My relationship with God, I mean, you know, yes, I, I did give that example of, I don't remember, not even example. I stated that I don't remember the first time uh, that I went to church or that I prayed because mm. that's how I grew up. But I think you also remember, you would remember the first encounter, like where you really, really feel the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean um, from that kind of background, then I've always had a tight relationship with God. No, mm. we've also had, just like uh, most fathers and their kids, we've had uh, sides to our relationship, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, 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 in my relationship with God has been very, very interesting. Um, our hiccups, I'd be mad that <laughs> at him because I want certain things and I'm not getting them, you know. I'm just giving it so you can understand it as that perspective as you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so um, at a place where it's healthier now. I understand mm-hmm. him better, and uh, I'm, I've never actually been since uh, I was born. I've never, ever been at a position where I am right now, where mm-hmm. I am so close to him, because I find that um, my type of uh, personality, I'm a, as much as I'm a go-getter, but also when I want something, I really want it uh, and I would get myself burned. You know, like um, a good example is, you know, when you tell a child, don't touch that stove, it'll burn you, yeah. right? Yeah. stove, And they get burned. So my relationship, God, we have had those incidents, many of those, but until a point where I know that, you know what, he is in control and he knows what's best for me. And uh, because I've been in a situation where, Yes, uh, th- that stove will burn me over and over, that being red flags in my life until now he had to like pull me out of it because mm-hmm. it had been more of a disaster, like yeah. fire in the heart, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. he just pulls me out and that encounter just pushes you in a position where you now sees, you really, really clearly see who God is, what mm-hmm. he means, how he loves you. And then uh, from that, I think I've learned that you know what, Ntabi, let God, let, let him be more in your life and less mm. of me and really depend on him 
wholeheartedly, you know, without yeah. trying to work yeah and i remember Ntabi, we had me and you had quite a lot of conversations around religion around worship mm-hmm. around our relationship with god and i remember some maybe it was a year or two years ago where we had a long mm-hmm. conversation around the importance of your system of worship the way you worship yeah. god the way you mm-hmm. you've grown up to understand god and I, 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 and at that time you wanted to change your system of worship. And I was saying to mm. you, I'm not in agreement with what you're saying. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I am more, I was saying to you, I'm more comfortable with where you are rather than you mm. changing. What was your experience like when you went through that phase of changing and where are you now? Yeah, it's very, I like that you bring that back because as you're speaking, you actually making me aware of the point that I just made of mm. when I want something, no matter yeah. but some, but me, well, that was me then. I, I'm yeah. changed now. I believe. <laughs> it, whether, when I want something, even if Butami says no, Ntavi, that stove will burn you. No, 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 no. Because I want it, yeah. I will. I I need to do it. I need to transition. I need to know about this kind of worship. I'll do it. That was mm. the then. So that was very interesting. And you know what? As much as I did get burned, it didn't really fulfill me. It didn't, but I don't regret doing that at all. Hey, I felt that because I was trying this new thing, I would be more angry for him. So it actually put me in a situation where I would do more so that I feel fulfilled, you know, until I saw that, um yeah you know what i actually don't have to i don't have to keep up with this uh kind of way of uh worshiping or of um what 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 word can you use here system of worship mm-hmm. i don't have to carry out with the system of worship i mm-hmm. let me go back to the way i know how you yeah. know what i mean so i don't regret doing that because i find that i i really learned so much of myself through mm-hmm. it yeah what you find in so many areas you know sometimes to know if something not for everyone for mm-hmm. some of us who have the bit of a rebellious character mm-hmm. that is subtle yeah? so sometimes you gotta have to go to uh some places in order to really, I don't know if you've read the book Alchemist. I know we're not doing a book review. Here, yeah, no, I've not. Yeah, but you can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can it's talk, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it talks about. I think also the Bible does talk about that. It talks about treasure. That mm. sometimes the treasure is right under your nose, right? Yeah. But you are traveling. You're going to Egypt. You're going to wherever. So many places, mm. only to go back to that very point. Yeah. Yeah. Where the treasure was always under your nose. So that's yeah. what I learned. So so you, you went through that experience and you know you you came back, you I remember we had a conversation and you said, you know, you you now feel that you you, you learned a lot. But I just you know, I, I'm thinking about this in terms of yeah. um, in terms of being there's a sense in society to say that you are happy when you've got a boyfriend, you are happy when you get married, you are happy. It it seems to me that society says you are happy when you've got a man. 
But I believe that your sense of happiness begins with God. Your sense of fulfillment begins with God. Mm-hmm. Would you, so I, yeah. in, your, in, your, in your experiences as you walk through life, Mm-hmm. How has your fulfillment been like with God? How have you got? How have you experienced God in such a, a way that you are happy before you even get a boyfriend? Yeah, that is a very, very profound question. I absolutely love it. Um, you know what? Um, it's true. You need to be happy as an individual alone with God mm-hmm. before you can connect with someone. Like God is, is he knows where you lack, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he um, fulfills those uh, areas where you lack. And for you to even have, have a healthy relationship with someone, I'm a firm believer that you should be happy alone. Yeah. So you should not be going out to date to seek happiness. Mm-hmm. I believe that people should meet because they are happy and they make each other happier. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I, I think that it's not true. You don't need a man to be happy, Mm -hmm. um, be happy alone. Uh, but um, when you do get the person, um, they can, you, they can feel, feel, uh, certain areas, um, that, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I get your sense. I get your sense, Ntabi. But then you know what? Then they, there's your 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 rahadis, your your bomalume. Then there's your friends who ask you the question: When are you getting married, Ntabi? Or when are you getting a man? How do you handle those questions? How do you handle that kind of pressure? Because you know, as society, we, 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 we even say, but your biological clock is ticking. When are you going to get a child? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what do you do in, in, in those instances? What do you, how do you handle all these things? You know, um, you know, that point that I made that, you know, society has their own calendar. It's yeah. like the minute you are born, they are ready. They are yeah. ready. You must go to school. You must go to primary school. You must go to varsity, uh, and then time to uh, work, get married, and pop babies. So you, I think at some point, I'll speak for myself. um, I mean, even when I was like 25, I think I got those questions already. Yeah, I got those questions already. Of uh, when are you getting married? uh babies uh so i think um it's and they would get to me let me not even they would get to me Mm -hmm. but it's because i didn't i was not really i didn't know who ntabi was and what i stand for because i feel like when you to that level when you know yourself what you stand for and what Mm -hmm. you want out of life Mm -hmm. you are not easily shaken by those questions so um yeah, that's where the pressure, the pressure is there. It comes from the external factors of people having their own expectations of you. But I think as a person or as a woman, you should get to that level where you're really, really comfortable in your space and what you want. And you know, you don't have to explain your visions with the whole world. You yeah. know what your vision is and you talk to your God. You yeah. have vision and you know what your deal is. So yeah. when you ask those questions it shouldn't trigger any emotion of anger or fear but of rather 
find a way, man, of just answering it, but without getting upset, you know, because truth is this question, even after 100 years, when we leave the earth or 200 years, this question will always be there. Yeah. Even in a generation, it will always be there to someone. You know what I like in, in your answer is you're saying that um, you didn't know who Ntavi was. You didn't know, you, you didn't know the, the God purpose in your life. And yeah. I, I get a sense that when you finally began to began to understand what God wanted out of you, you then mm. began to ignore these questions. And I think it's important yeah. to know your life's purpose. And I, I want to always run away from the fact that marriage is an achievement for young women. You know, yes, yeah, that is uh, that is really flawed. Mm. It's really because. F- Sorry, but tell me. Yes, no, this you is can, your interview. With no, <laughs> you, you can, you can feel free to say what you want. Because at the end of the day, when you get married, it's mm. not like you've achieved the ultimate uh, success in life. It is a milestone in your life, yes, an important yeah. milestone. But this is not what defines yeah. who you are. It does not define your purpose on planet Earth. Yeah, obviously, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I, I would. Well, looking at um, people around me, my parents mm. and you and other people, it, it's, it's, it, it has its challenges, but it's beautiful. And most people want it. But I don't think that we should just assume that everyone wants it. Yeah. Everyone wants it. Even in the Bible, it states that not everyone will get married or necessarily want it. Some people just want to focus on God and really, really have that relationship alone and not get married or have babies. So I feel like we just automatically want to put everyone under the same umbrella that, okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm now, you are this age. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I always say there's this choir that, and so, you know what, moving on, I, I always say this choir that sings the song, when are you getting married? They should look for another song to sing. Because that song is actually, it's, it's I, actually I, affecting I, I. a lot of young women. A lot of young women <laughs> have got pregnant, got children when they did not mm. plan to, and they've got husbands when they who they never intended to marry. But let's let's move on and tell me, um, <laughs> mm. um, is the is the professional world ready for young go getter African women? <laughs> I think honestly, um, whether they like it or not, they should be ready. Because <laughs> okay, <laughs> whether yeah, they like it, I like their answer. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should be ready, whether they like it or not. Because you know, I think back mm-hmm. at school, you go into a class. Who do you find in the class? It's maybe twenty female, twenty male, right? Yeah. So now. We move from obviously to uh, varsity or your high school. Now mm-hmm. it's time to go work. Yeah. So if they are ready for the guy, why are they not ready for me? Mm-hmm. Be ready. So they have no choice uh, but to be ready for us because we are equal and uh, we ooze leadership qualities. Right. And we can sit at the table and have strategic or make strategic decisions mm-hmm. and yeah you must be ready yeah so in essence you are you are you saying the, the 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 you know the the corporate world is not they should be but they're not 100% there yeah 
I think it's not even corporate. This mm. is a very broad discussion in terms. Uh, uh, it's a very broad discussion in terms of uh, female mm-hmm. uh, being raised in different spaces. It's not even corporate only. Like a lot of lot of areas mm-hmm. that you know no equality. So yeah we really really have no choice but to be ready for the woman and i feel like also as women we should not i think that it's also our responsibility as women to mm-hmm. actually sure that we have the same seat uh, at the table we have discussions we are in leadership roles we don't necessarily may, uh, wait for the guy to pave way for us because yeah. really we were in the same class Mm-hmm. We are equal, uh, and we can also be leaders. So if they're not going to really uh, open the door and allow us to have a seat at that table, we're really now going to kick that door and sit, and you will listen to us. Mm. That's you, what I think. You know what, Ntabi? Some naysayers mm-hmm. will say to me, um, Tammy, are you advocating for women's rights? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you now pushing? <laughs> but you are somebody's daughter. You, your yeah. father, your father wants to see you succeed in Tabi, I believe. You, your mm-hmm. father wants to see you get to heights, you know, that he probably never achieved because he invested his life in you. He invested a lot of things in you. And I always want to look at those things to say, if we look at things in isolation, I've got daughters. I want to see them succeed. I want to see them rise up to the greatest heights they can, that they can possibly achieve and so if anyone wants to shoot me and say i'm advocating for women's rights well i'm a father and i'm a i'm, I'm a brother I, I i don't want to see you know my sister or my daughters eating the crumbs when they could be eating mm. a piece of the cake yeah that's true yeah. i absolutely now we just left with about five minutes and we want to talk relationships let's talk relationships in mm-hmm. What, what's been mm-hmm. your experience like in there? What lessons have you learned in relationships? There's a perception in society to say you should have a man. Yeah. You should um, you should bow down to what the man is saying. I mean, you, you it's it's you doing what he wants. It's you not having a vision or a picture of where you want to go. And you've navigated mm-hmm. those waters. You've navigated what, if you were to share with a young upcoming girl. So I think what I've learned is that you, when it comes to relationship, I will always bring it back to God, relationship with God, because that is the core. That is the center where mm. it should actually be the center of the relationship. Yeah. yeah. So um, you should be aligned spiritually. Because mm-hmm. if you're not aligned spiritually, disaster. So it should be. Um, let me give an example. When I say if you're not aligned, it will be a disaster. For example, if you're dating somebody who believes in uh, the sex before marriage and you don't stand for that, so yeah. that will come with these pressures. Uh, whether you might find yourself uh, in a situation where you are giving in mm-hmm. and you don't believe in. But you are giving in because now uh, it could be influenced by different things. You see that you're scared to lose this guy, or you see potential, and you feel like, ah, oh, anyway, we're gonna get married. Most let me just do it. It's, it's, you know, you convince yourself with so many different things. Mm-hmm. Or another example, 
now if you're with a person who believes in uh disangoma and you don't necessarily believe in that or any other thing um uh you find yourself what you know what you're not gonna get along because you are basically not spiritually aligned so it's very important because i believe that uh in a relationship it's sort of like you know when you get married it's a covenant right you make a covenant so same principle well, even though it's not really blessed by the pastor or by God, uh, it's uh, let's think of it as a covenant because yeah. um, now becoming part of this person, you are now connected. And mm-hmm. you know, just silly example, you know, when you spend a lot of time with a person, you end up talking like that person, you end up sort of like having the same mannerisms. So who you partner with is very, very important mm-hmm. uh, because that person really is a representation um, of you. And um, also you end up really doing, you end up really acting the same Mm -hmm. and believing in little things that are are, are the same. And you, it's easy to lose your, your, yourself, your core beliefs, your principles. So my advice would be that make sure you do not compromise when it comes to, uh the spiritual maturity you don't have to be obviously on the same point it's very i'm not saying be on a spiritual level where you are very mature mature the same way you know what i mean mature the Mm. same way i'm saying is you have to be aligned Mm. have Mm. the same same principles you know i like your i like your approach in tabi because it's it's a it's a very critical and a key point if you are not spiritually aligned you're setting up yourself for disaster and you 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 spoke about you know earlier on you you spoke about maybe let me you let me talk about this one you 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 are a person who loves prayer and i want yes, to believe that definitely. you 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 you've you've got this approach to relationships to say Let's pray about a relationship. Should I or should I not? And and for me, that is one key element that I liked in you to say you always valued prayer in a relationship. Mm. And I think yeah. I wish most young women and most young men would actually go into that mode to say, let's pray before I get into this covenant, before I get into this contract that might lead me into blessings or might lead me into disasters and well and tabi prayer let's just just in one minute talk about that element of prayer prayer hmm. that prayer for relationships in yeah. relationship okay. praying for mm. yeah so prayer is very important prayer for your life partner is very important mm. and you know what i remember a conversation that we once had way back um you actually told me that when you pray for your husband don't even try to mention his name i don't i will never forget that because sometimes you want to just let god god i believe you know i believe that god there's nobody who who can who's the best matchmaker like romantic matchmaker but remember he created us yeah so don't even have to go on dating sites god yeah. is the best maker mm-hmm. there is yeah so he made so with prayer 
really, really just pray. Tell God what you want. You don't have to mention names. He already knows who your partner is. Just rely on God. Don't try to direct things in your power and be calling people's names. Uh-uh. Yeah, That's yeah. that. I've also learned not to do that. <laughs> so you helped me with that advice because you told me don't mention names in your prayer. Just pray. <laughs> God yeah. is the one who knows the name because you'll be mentioning names, ne? Yeah. People that are not what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody is not in God's plan for you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> So just let God do the matchmaking. Yeah, just allow him and have faith in him that he created you and he knows, you know, like we forget this little thing, this thing they always teach us uh when when you're reading the Bible, even the pastors, we forget it that God knows the plan that he has for you mm. from the day you mother's womb this sounds very simple but it's so powerful he knows the plan that he has for you so why when you pray don't you just just let go of everything and have faith that when you say god i will pray for my husband thank you for where he is protect him let him okay not pray because i can get carried away Let the spirit lead in Tabisang. Let the spirit lead. You are getting carried away. (laughs) No. Wait a second. I'm already feeling goosebumps. I really almost literally prayed. But. (laughs) You know, and and this is what I. This is why I always (laughs) valued in to say, you always had this thing to say, let me put God first. And I always admired that to say, you know what? I think mm. most young women need to go down that road to say, because a, mm. a relationship affects all facets of your life. It affects your professional, it affects your your everything about you in your life. Yeah, and what I mean, I know you didn't ask me this question, but mm. I feel that to leave this advice, I feel like uh, women out there, guys, like, do not let people pressurize you just yeah. really really on god and believe that things will happen in in, in his time there's mm-hmm. no such thing uh late yeah god is never he's always on time Amen. so if you are somebody who wants to get married just pray about it and trust that your partner will come so mm-hmm. don't be now uh looking at your age having pressure or your I'm 30 or I'm 31. Um, uh, I don't have kids. Yeah. Uh, my clock is ticking because God is bigger than that. God can yeah. actually turn circumstances. You can really meet somebody tomorrow and everything just changes just like that. But what I'm trying to say is don't let society give you pressures, unnecessary pressures. Enjoy your life. If you're single, really, really enjoy being single and uh, live a life that six are uh, for God's heart and everything will just fall in, into place when it should. Mm, amen. 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 And and that's powerful. And I, I, I like how you've just summarized it in Tabi for us. And I, Tabi, I just want to thank you for coming on, on to the Qualide FM podcast. Well, thank you uh, once again for tuning into the Friday Night World Show. That was in Tabi giving us her experience. Oh man, oh man. I, I just love her prayer spirit. I love how she's 
on fire for the Lord and how she puts God first in her decisions. Well, I just want to encourage you. You can follow us on our Twitter timeline. You can follow us on our um, Instagram timeline. You can follow us also on Facebook. You just search for us. There is at FM. We always look forward to engaging with you. If you've got suggestions, if you've got topics that you want us to talk about, please feel free to DM us, to drop us an email. That is at golidefm uh, at gmail.com. Well, until we meet again next time, may the good Lord bless you. Ciao.